Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the seatbelt sign and you are free to move around the cabin. I'd like to remind you though, for your safety, please keep your seatbelt fastened. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Tyler and Monique are siblings that both work for a major airline in Phoenix, Arizona. During this podcast, they will discuss using their flight benefits to travel the world, as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel or things to do. Enjoy. Welcome to Non-Rev Lounge. Monique and I are sitting with Dory. We mentioned her on a previous show. She is the mother of Brittany. It was on with us a few shows ago. She met our friend Laura on a flight from London when she was going to see Brittany over there working. And so she's came up before with us. Yeah. So Brittany kind of told us a little bit about how Dory had got into aviation. She kind of quickly mentioned that she came from a long line of aviation people and employees and stuff like that. So we're excited to kind of get into that a little more and hear some of your non-reving stories. So welcome to the show, Dory. Thank you. Thank you very much. So before we get started, happy birthday. This this show is going to be in a few weeks. So okay. I know your birthday is coming up. Yep, it is. Brittany's already told us the good about that. <laughs> so, so happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. So if you would give us a quick overview of how you got into the aviation industry, some of your jobs and things, because I've heard you've done a couple of different things for airlines. Sure. I got into the industry, basically, my dad started working for Delta Airlines when he was 18 and retired from Delta, moved from Paducah, Kentucky, Miami uh, ended up in Chicago here, and my mom was a flight attendant for a while, and I started working for Dobbs House, which was the catering company for Delta Airlines when I was around 16, and did that on the weekends, and then I moved out to Arizona, needed a job, and I went to a party with a friend that I had met. I had just recently moved out here and went to a party that happened to be all airline employees. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And after we were partying through the night, we got to talking that, oh, this airline was hiring and do you want to come for an interview? And I was like, oh, okay, that might be good. So it was a little interesting that when I went for the interview, it was in a storage closet I thought that was a little strange. I'm like, what am I getting myself into? I met these people on Saturday night at a party, and now I'm interviewing in a storage closet. And then I got a call shortly after that telling me that there was a hiring freeze. So thanks anyway. And I was like, well, that was not really good. But about two weeks later, I got a call and I was offered the job. And I started that back in 1986 in reservations. And after a year in reservations, I got promoted to supervisor in reservations and worked there the rest of my career in reservations doing numerous different things. I was in supervisor for probably 12, 14 years. I had both of my daughters and it was when they were in grade school as I was like, you know what? I'm not able to do what I want to do with my girls and, you know, go to school and help in the classroom. So I stepped down to part-time, stepped out of management, stepped down to part-time res agent, kind of where I had started and did that until they grew up a little bit. And I felt like then I could go back into management and I did. And I worked in all the different departments and reservations and ended in what was then called the frequent flyer program for that airline. And I retired in 2014 from the airline uh, after a merger. And I was 
wasn't sure if I was going to still have a job there. So I retired and moved on. So did you guys overlap then? So I started over at Res in the end of September of 2014. I retired June of 2014. So just before me. Yeah. yeah a couple missed. months before yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. I started the original Res Center over on Mill Avenue and then over to probably the Res Center that you worked at on Hardy. Yeah. Yep. So, so you, you guys both have a lot of red stories to share. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could tell even more than I do. But yeah. <laughs> so w- when you moved to part-time or anytime, was it very flexible? That's one thing I really like my job at the airport is I can work a lot. I can work a lot. Was your job very flexible? That, that was or? what was nice because okay. I was so senior yeah. when I stepped down and became part-time that at that point, I forgot what it was called. It wasn't a buddy bit. It was... You got to choose. I was senior enough. I got to choose my own shift. Oh. I made up my shift. And I actually, because I, I think I did that like starting in the summer and I worked two tens. Oh, it was, it was days. wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then I had five days off, you know, with the girls could travel. I think it was called a core bid at the time that you were allowed to, because if you were senior enough, you could create your own bid. And I stayed on that the whole time until I went back into management when the girls got older. But yeah, that was very, very nice. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. Someone was just telling me about that not long ago that was over at Res. They were saying, yeah, they got to pick their own schedule. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, that sounds pretty very cool. Very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. But I mean, you put your time in to get that, though. That's- yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that'd be nice. Yeah. So with some help from Brittany, we came up with some questions we're going to ask. So we'll kind of ask you, but we'll also answer as well. Okay. So do you prefer day flights or night flights and why? Uh Probably day flights. Done many red eye flights. Problem I don't like with night flights is I don't sleep on an airplane. So um, even in the lie flat going over to London, you know, you would think I could go to sleep, but I can't. So I'd rather do a day flight where I can not be exhausted when I get there. Well, that's what I think. For the most part, I would prefer the daytime flights as well. But I, I see the purpose if you have only a short amount of time and you want you know like that extra time let's say like in florida so if you can do like the red eye to miami and have a day there but that's what i think it depends on the place because i someone was saying the other day like so new york to london they have day flights i've taken it with katie once and you land there at 10 o'clock at night you don't really get the jet lag but also it's nice to land first thing in the morning you have the paper hotel and for me i can sleep on a plane so it's not a big deal to sleep and then you hit the ground running yeah so. I know we with um, Katie's grandma, we talked and, and she was listening afterwards. And I guess I said that she doesn't like the first class seats. And she got on me and she said, I, I do like the first class seats. <laughs> and I was just saying she just can't sleep on the, those seats. So that's why she was, she still loves them. But yeah, as far as the day flights, I think it just depends on where you're going. If you're going back east, I don't mind the red eyes. You get it. Because otherwise you lose the whole day going True. back east. And so in that case, but also I don't mind getting up early and Going, going to Seattle, take the early flight, and then you get the whole day there. So it just depends. I could kind of see in London, like, or going to like, how that would be kind of nice. So if you could then get right on their schedule, if you could then land late at night and then sleep, sleep, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, I, I could kind of see how that makes sense. Then your whole day is just traveling. But I guess that's either way. It's just a lot traveling. of times coming home that it's just dedicated to travel anyway too. But if you just plan it that way, so you know, like I'm going to wake up and be ready to go. Ready yeah, to go. Yeah. Okay. So if you could do any other job in the airline industry, what would it be? I always wanted to work at the gates. I, as I said, my father ended up at O'Hare and he was station manager of the ticket counters and and the gates. And 
any day off from school, I'd be out there hanging in his office or behind the ticket counter and going down to the gates with him. And that definitely is where I would have liked to, you know, experience. In fact, when I went part-time, I was going to go out to the gates. That was my goal because I checked out where my sonority would be and how I would transfer and how I could, you know, the schedule would work for me. But then my director at the time was like, we need you to stay here in res. And I was like, ah, and I ended up staying. And that was a good thing, but I definitely miss having that opportunity of being able to experience working at the gates because I experienced it as a child with my father, you know, going to be down at the gates because at that time, you know, way back then you could be, you know, down there. And, and I just thought it was so cool to be down there. Good people watching. Yes, very <laughs> much. If he had to go to meetings, I'd just sit there and watch everything going on. And yes. How about you, Monique? Where did you? I don't know. I would just think my first thought was just like a pilot. Cause I think it'd be cool to be up in the cockpit when you're actually flying. Like the views that they get have just got to be awesome. Yeah. I- but then I was thinking we had the Katie from Australia on and she kind of talked about you know, her job doing like promotion for different new places and things like that. And I think maybe that could be kind of cool too. Yeah, that would be fun. I think for me, the, the pilot would be cool, but always because I grew up with epilepsy, I never could become a pilot. But the one that I'm actually in school for, I'm a senior at ASU. I still have a few semesters, but the, the, what I, my dream job, I guess, the airline would be work for the, the route planning department. So being the team that decides where the airline's going to fly, how big a planes and how often, and like we added a flight to London a couple of years ago, someone had to sit and look at that and say, how, how many, how often should they go? What size of plane? Is there enough demand for it? That would be very interesting to me. To, I feel like they really could help the, the company because you could find new destinations that, so that would be my, my job if I could. Then there's no people like, your coworkers, but I don't have to deal with customers like you guys. You guys seem to like that, but for me, it's... <laughs> well, that's part of what I was thinking, like, Katie's job would be kind of cool, because hers was much more, like, internal and not customer-based. The other one for me would be, we had a, a Rachel on from Southwest, and she didn't really do it, but she would work with a team, where if I could go and try the hotels for the Oh, pilots, I, I heard that one. Yeah, I was, was like, like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just go, that's a you cool send job. me around, and I'll test hotels and get contracts set up, but that would be fun, too. Yeah. All right. What is one thing that people with that don't have flight benefits don't understand or don't seem to get? I have one for that if you guys aren't ready. Um, well, I remember people, you know, because I grew up flying yeah. from the time I was born. I was in high school and my dad wanted to go to Hawaii to get pineapples, eight cases of pineapples. My dad <laughs> loved pineapples. And we went for the weekend. And people were, I mean, because that was like an eight-hour flight from Chicago to Hawaii. And you know, I came back with a little bit of sunburn and, oh, I went to Hawaii to pick up pineapples for the weekend. And they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, I got to fly to Hawaii. And, you know, they just don't understand that you could just do that. Yeah. And just like the other day, somebody, when they saw that Brittany and I went to Lake Tahoe, you know, and they're like, you guys just went to Lake Tahoe for the day? How much did that cost you? And I'm like, well, not a whole lot, you know, <laughs> and I said, I work for their, I'm retired from the airlines, so we can go pretty cheap. And they're like, oh, wow, how, that's so cool, you know, because yeah. not too many people just fly to Lake Tahoe in a day and yeah. come back the same day and just go have lunch over there. So people don't get that usually. No, exactly. Yeah. Did, did you guys go up to Tahoe or did you hang out in Reno? No, we went, we uh, got a car and headed right out and it, we didn't realize it was less than an hour drive 
got up there, had lunch, went to the, to the lake, sat there, enjoyed that, and then came back, went around the stores a little bit and flew, drove right back to the airport, turned in the car and came home. It was a great, I mean, it was a long day, but it was a fun, good day. Very easy one day trip. Tahoe is beautiful too. Yeah. yeah. It is very, so pretty. The water is so clear. Yes. Keep Tahoe blue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Other stickers say. So, so mine would be when I first got the job with the airline and I had friends still up in Utah because I moved down here and they got the job. And then I'd find out later that they'd have a birthday party and they wouldn't invite me because of course I live in Arizona. And I'd say, invite me. It's only an hour away. I mean, to them, I'm 13 hours away. Right. But I would say, no, like, I'm not that far. And it's hard with the kids and stuff now, but that's when I was single. But they would just think, oh, he's so far away. It's like, don't, I'm, they don't realize that I'm not, I'm not that far away. And so people would constantly not invite me to things. I would say mine is that my friends will always say, well, which flight are you coming in on? And I'll list like, I'll give them like three times. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah, like, no. It could it, be this one or that one. <laughs> exactly. It's like, this one looks pretty good. But if that one, like this one and, and then so. But they're always like, okay, well, that's like a seven-hour span. Like, where are you coming in? <laughs> Got to be flexible. <laughs> exactly. And that's a good one. What has having flight benefits meant to you in your life? It's been great just to be able to get up and go. You know, I have family back in Chicago. And to be able to do those type of things, so the day trips, go in for a birthday yeah. party, go in for, I'm going in, uh, Brittany and I are going into Chicago for a, a baby shower in a couple of weeks. You know, most people wouldn't be able to do that yeah. just to fly in for the weekend do that so and just we've had some great uh vacations so it's very nice i think that i've said this before because I, I had two jobs at the airline job those flights and i had another job a ups and if i lost my ups job where i made money i'd be sad but if i lost the air, airline job i'd probably cry just because <laughs> the, the ability to just travel somewhere to just hop on a plane if i even go a couple of weeks without flying like it's been a month now from a recording and it's I, I feel like antsy to go somewhere we have a couple of trips coming up but i just need to get out I, i've got to do that so to me it's just kind of a it keeps me mentally healthy because <laughs> mm-hmm. when i don't have it so it's i love having the benefits and no i agree like that's it i've told this story before but when i lost my benefits i was sad like i was a little bit of a depression like set in because I was so, but I'd also say that for me, it's a lot, it's helped me keep close friendships because I've got different friends that live around the country and I've been able to actually go see them where, you know, if I didn't have the benefits, I'd probably maybe see them every 10 years and now exactly. I can go see them once a year, which is really nice. No, yeah, same with me because like I, I lived in Indianapolis doing some church missionary work and I was able to keep friendships for a lot longer or other people would say, oh, I've never been back to see those people. And it's like, oh yeah, I go back twice a year. Yeah. That's that. So I know we've kind of done this before on the show, but let's kind of go around. We can talk about some of our pet peeves that we have either about traveling or maybe about gate agents. <laughs> sure. If you've got pet peeves <laughs> on gate agents, bring them on. <laughs> let's see. I'll start one because when I heard you were from Res, this is like the first one that came to mind. You'll probably get it. But when someone would call in to get help, but they would not know any information and you would be like, how can I help? Like they wouldn't even know where they were going or what day they were traveling. Because they'd just be like, I'm going to California. And you'd be like, oh, Lordy. Okay, so like, are you going to Northern California? Like, the, anyway, like that was just always like, I can't help you unless you know something. I know when I, I mean, I only did like a year on the phones in my time in reservations. But I, it was graveyard overnight shift that I was working. And it was, I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but it was kind of a funny thing that 
we were always like, oh, we, ho- we hope we don't get the panty man. He would call in multiple times every night and whoever he would get on the phone, he would be like, are you wearing panties? What kind of panties are they? <laughs> and he, he was just weird. He yeah. was just like, I don't want, you know, he was, and I mean, there's, you know, maybe only 10, 15 of us and we're sitting around and we'd be like, oh, have you had the panty man tonight? And <laughs> it was, it was strange, but there were still ones like when I, cause I did graveyards as well, the overnight and yeah, you, the still, Penny Man was still there. Uh, there wasn't or a new Penny, one. There was a couple other yeah, weird guys that you were just yeah. As soon as you, you just hope it. you didn't get them, it was and like the, yeah. you try to be like professional and you try to book the flight because right. you know you're being recorded. So if you ever got monitored, like you can't just be rude. But right. time, you just wanted to be like. And I think we also had a policy at the time we couldn't hang up. Oh, like we weren't supposed to disconnect. Like, right. So it was you'd almost have to wait there a little. But yeah, at the same time. Right. Yeah, as soon as you heard the panting, you're like, I'm hanging up. Yes. We're done. <laughs> I remember you you talking about that when you come back home and say, you know, this happened. I was like, oh, we don't ever get that at the airport. <laughs> we never get out of the ramp. Oh. I think, so mine would be dealing with when I'm going into the airport and the people, so the airports, and this happens at, I think, all airports that I've been to recently, maybe not all, but the ones recently, where they have cell phone lots, but people pulling in will pull off to the side of the road and block the road. To just wait to go pick up. Have you seen this? Yeah. And it, that just drives me because like, they have dedicated lots for people. But when they do that, it makes it so backed up for me to try to get into work and other people that need to get in. So just the way that people, when they get in to pick people up is. yeah, like, I don't know if they think they're special and they shouldn't yeah. have to go wait in the lot or whatever it is. Or yeah. they're so into themselves and not realizing that they're causing the backup. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm here to pick up my person. So that's my pet peeve. So <laughs> that's a good one. That is annoying. So on the previous show with grandmother-in-law, we talked about having kids and the issues with her having kids. And I said that right now it's tough having three little kids. And and she said it does get better. But we got an email after that week from from Ben. He's a listener from Canada, and he said that it does get easier. And he shared a story about uh, I guess United had set up this deal where. You can send like a foreign exchange with students airlines with it. He sent his kids to Spain and then somebody in Spain sent the kids to Canada with mm-hmm. him. So that was kind of fun. So we'll have to have him on the show and yeah. share those with us because that's kind of interesting. So I know Brittany has told us that she, you guys did a lot of non-revving when she grew up. So can you share some of your stories about when you were, when you send them off by themselves and even sometimes when you went on trips when you were younger because you grew up so like she said that you went pretty young you non by yourself and i, I know- think i was flying by myself by five years old wow. my Dang. father would put me on a flight yeah i didn't really do that with my girls i didn't send them i don't know that i've ever sent them on their own i mean when they were young yeah i traveled a lot with them by myself my husband could never get off so i was traveling with two uh, the, my two girls are three years apart. So, um, of course, I'm from Chicago. So when Brittany was three weeks old, as soon as I was clear to go, I flew back with her. Um, and then I would continue to fly with her pretty much all by myself. Um, then when I had my other daughter, Saren, um, you know, when she was three or four weeks old and Brittany three years and then, you know, a newborn, I was flying pretty much back and forth from Chicago to see my, my mom was living there at the time and my, um, sister. And, um, yeah, I just, it, it's, it's a lot of work when they're that young, but it was worth 
getting to where I, you know, to go see family and then stay there. <sighs> One time we were flying, trying to get to Chicago, but couldn't get into Chicago. So we went into Milwaukee and I dropped an Advil on the floor because I think I was, had a headache or whatever and I couldn't find it. And I had a baby, you know, and I'm like, Oh, the, you know, they'll clean that up afterwards. Well, Sarah and my little one, she was under a year and I was like, she got crabby and she wanted to get down. So I totally forgot about the Advil and put the baby down on the ground. And then when I picked her up again, I saw, you know, her mouth was like red and I'm like, Oh crap. She found the Advil and she had been (laughs) like sucking on it or whatever. So I got all nervous and I asked the flight attendant, I'm like, um, you know, I, my daughter ate this Advil and, and, uh, it ended up that they can call like medical, you know, assistance and they told me what to do. And they said, okay, we're going to have the paramedics meet because we were maybe 45 minutes out and the paramedics are going to meet you. They're going to come on. We're going to hold everybody from getting on the aircraft or getting off for them to get on. Of course, I'm near the back of the aircraft. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I was so embarrassed because here I am a non-rev mm-hmm. and you got to, you know, have the paramedics come on. And it was scary. It was interesting. My mom was there to pick me up because, you know, we I flew into Milwaukee and she said she saw the ambulance or the paramedics or whatever coming across the tarmac. And she's like, that's got to be something with Dory and her kids. <laughs> and new. sure enough, it was. <laughs> so we were the last ones off, and there's my mom. She goes, I knew it was you. I knew something was wrong. I'm like, well, Sarah ate an Advil, but they think she's going to be okay. And so, yeah, then there was another time my mom was traveling with me with both girls, and Brittany, you know, with, the, with your ears, and I gave her gum. She was old enough to have gum, but then at one point she figured out Let's take the gum out and stick it in the ear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because my ears are hurting. And then it got stuck in her hair. She had long hair oh, and that was a nightmare. My mom's <laughs> like, Dory, Dory, um, you know, Brittany's got gum in her hair. And I'm like, okay, we'll have to deal with that when we get off the airplane. <laughs> so there are some challenges, but definitely, you know, I loved being able to pick up and go and. Go see family and and Brittany doesn't gum in her hair. No, anymore. she doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> Is that one of those phrases you never thought you'd have to say to your kids? Like, don't put gum in your ear. <laughs> I mean, I thought she knew you're supposed to chew she it to help yeah. pop the the, the pressure <laughs> in there, not stick it in your ear. But. <laughs> chew it and then put it in your ear. <laughs> yeah, that's what she did. That's funny. Uh, Remember that? Tell your kids, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a good non-rev memory or a story of when you were a kid? So you said you used to get put on a plane at five. That's pretty darn Yeah, little. I used to. Um, we lived in Chicago. My dad's family lived in Kentucky. So yeah, I would love to go from a farm. He's lived on a farm. So I'd go down there. I have a story, a kind of scary story. I was probably nine or 10. And I was coming back from Paducah, Kentucky is where I flew out of. That's where they're from. And you would have to, at this point, I was going to meet my father. He was, he was flying to St. Louis to meet me to get back to Chicago. And the, the one flight, the flight out of Paducah stopped in Marion, Harry in Illinois. Is that it, an actual name of a place? Yes. And mm-hmm. the airport is probably the size of this room. <laughs> no joke. And I was sitting there and then they came and, and they called my name and they said, 
can you come off the plane? And I'm like, no, my dad's, my dad's meeting me in St. Louis. You know, I understood, I kind of understood standby, but I'm nine years old. I'm like, no, I, I have to go meet my dad. And they're like, we're going to go call your dad. Come, come with us. And I'm like, okay. So I had to get bumped off there because the flight was full and there was only one flight a day to Paducah to oh, St. Louis. Oh, dang. So I had to wait for that flight to go to St. Louis to come back through Marion, Harrion, Illinois to go back to Paducah. And I did. And I remember talking to my dad. I'm like, dad, I, I want to come meet you. And he's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to go back to, you know, grandma's house and, and we're going to try this again tomorrow. So of course my bag went on. I remember my aunt went and bought me some comic book strip. <laughs> The weirdest pants. I was like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. So then the next day we tried it again. But the plan that day was he could get me into Midway. And, um, and then from Midway, he gave me two options. You can take a cab to your grandmother's house in like Oak Park, which was probably a 30 minute drive. A cab. I'm like, you're nine. I'm nine years old. I don't want to get in a cab with a stranger. <laughs> just a little nine year old out there yeah. in a cab. And yeah. I'm like, um, or your other option is you can take a helicopter to O'Hare. I'm like, I've never been on a helicopter and, and I'll be, I'll be at O'Hare waiting for you. I'm like, I don't like either one of these options, but I chose the helicopter, scared to death. Like I said, never been in a helicopter. It was nighttime. That was kind of cool. I sat in the front seat next to the pilot. And this helicopter, I don't know if all helicopters are that way, but it was glass under your feet. So you could see every, Whoa. all, everything and flying into, you know, into Chicago with all the lights of the city. That was kind of cool, but I was scared to death. I was just like, Oh my gosh, I just want to get to my dad. And then we landed and I remember seeing him come down the stairs to the tarmac to come get me. And I just, we ran like towards each other. I'm like, dad, I'm so happy. I'm like, don't Aww. ever do that to me again. I don't <laughs> want to have to go through that. So that was, that was a scary, scary time of traveling by yourself and getting stuck. And oh. nine. So yeah, wow. how was the helicopter an option? I mean, that's, I don't, my dad had, he had so many connections. Okay. I don't, I mean, he had somebody <laughs> going to meet me in midway that would have got me a cab or I don't know. He knew a lot of people. Okay. I was just like, that, that doesn't seem like normal. Yeah. No, it's not. But dad my dad, your dad was rich. My, well, yeah, the, the cab sounds like the poor option. The other helicopter sounds like the rich kid option. <laughs> uh, both options were scary for a nine-year-old. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, and alone, too. Yeah, nine Exactly. Years ago, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Even our, our five-year-old, which is a couple years younger, but still, when we don't make flights, which happens every so often, he gets so sad. Like, he just, like, <laughs> he's still learning that, like, we don't have seats, you know, we, we go and try, but I think for so long, he just, we made everything and all of a sudden. Yeah, he does get real sad. We had to take him out to dinner and kind of make up for it. All right. So uh, you kind of just shared one, but do you have another time when a, a non-rep trip didn't work out? Probably it, it worked out, but we had many challenges along the way. For some reason, we had bought tickets on like Hawaiian or Aloha back then. We were going to Hawaii over Memorial Day. Um, and we bought them out of San Diego thinking we could fly standby to get to San Diego. That didn't work out. Again, Memorial Day weekend. Oh. We weren't thinking all that way through. We ended up renting a van to get to San Diego, spent the night in San Diego. My mom was with us and it was my husband and the two kids got to Maui eventually. So that was, that was good. 
um, coming home. I think we went over to Honolulu to do like a day or two, Waikiki, Pearl Harbor, all that. Flights were full, so we had to, at that time, do a Z on American, and I wasn't real familiar with American. I mean, I kind of knew, but I, so we, we were checking in at the at the ticket counter, and they look at my girls, and they're like, oh, they, they're not, they won't be allowed on with those clothes on. And I'm like, what do you mean, those clothes? What, what do you, you know, and then they told me what the dress code was. So there we are opening our bags, digging through the suitcase, (laughs) trying to find something for the girls to wear, going into the bathroom, my mom and I getting them changed, coming back in, coming back and getting checked in and all of that. So we made it on that. That was going to LA. We thought, oh, if we can at least get to LA, then we can get home. I had made a reservation at, I don't know if it was a chain, maybe a Holiday Inn or something in LA. So we get in there late at night, get on what we think is the shuttle to the hotel we're supposed to stay at, get to that hotel. And they tell us, no, you don't have a reservation for here. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I look, they're like, oh, that's the other Holiday Inn, you know, three miles down the road. (laughs) And there's no way to get there from here. You, there's the shuttle, you know, that shuttle already left that took us from the airport. And I was like, are you kidding me? So we had to take the shuttle back to the airport to get on the right shuttle to go to the right Holiday Inn or whatever. And it just, I mean, we had a great time, but there was many different things we had to deal with and backup plans and to get there and to get home. You bought the tickets on Hawaiian or out of San Diego. Did you miss the flight because you missed the one, the non-rev one to San Diego? Or did did you plan on spending a night in we had we knew that we needed to spend the night okay. i mean when we got closer after we had already bought the tickets we knew that we weren't going to be able to go stand by out of here to get to san diego so okay. we knew in advance that okay we're what's our other options okay let's rent a van and get over there so we went over a day early just to be on the safe side so we could catch that flight that's smart yeah yeah, yeah. that's why it'd be, it'd be stressful to be like we've done that before too like we went to London and then we, we had a guaranteed seats. So we had to get to London and it didn't matter how we did it. But yeah, so but you had a kind of a backup plan. Yeah. So you always got to have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it worked out. So even yep. with all those. Yep. Yeah. It sounds like a non rev trip, though. You yeah. Know, it, it even hotels out. have issues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what are your thoughts when Brittany went and got a job for as a flight attendant in London, being so far away? Just all the- I was very excited for her because she had applied for so many here domestically and got like really close, but didn't get the jobs. And when she told me she got the job there, I was super excited, but also, you know, a little sad because of how far it is away. And I mean, she's always lived in Arizona. Yeah. Um, and again, I, the longest trip I had done previous to London was Maui, which is what, six and a half hours from here. And that was a stretch for me. And I'm like, how am I going to go visit her? I can't do a 10 and a half hour flight. Mm-hmm. And again, I had never been on, you know, the lay down. I never had experienced that. I, I knew about them, but I would never had experienced it. And our first trip, 
Um, Brittany had gone over a week earlier, and then David and I, uh, my husband, we went the week later than her. And I was like, I, do you, can we even get, you know, these, these seats and everything? And oh my gosh, we got that. And I was like, okay, I could probably handle this for 10 <laughs> hours. This, yeah. this is the way I could probably travel. <laughs> so that made it a little bit better and realizing, okay, I'll be able to go visit her as long as I can sit up here. And, and her first year there, I went in, we went in July. She moved in July, went July, October, December. March Whoa. and March was when COVID hit and okay. wasn't we were there and everybody here is calling. Do you realize what's going on? Are you watching the news? You you know the the president's shutting. You better get back here. And I'm like, I'm working on it. I'm trying. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just kept looking and I mean we got back home to LA. At least we got to LA and we we were good. But yeah, so. You know, I got to see her four times in a year, so that's not bad. And it's pretty good, yeah. Three of the four times I got. And then she made some trips here, right? Because she worked some. Did you get yeah, to see her? Yeah, she on worked those? a flight. She worked a flight here. She came in for a wedding. So she, yeah, we got to see each other. Or like my husband would uh, fly to. Um, she had a trip in San Diego, so he'd fly over there oh, for nice. a day to Miami to meet her. So we would either go meet her when she came to, you know, the, the States, cause he's only been over there once when she first moved. But yeah, we, we would, so that, that helps getting to, I mean, I don't think we ever went more than two months without us going there or finding her somewhere here in the States and connecting with her. So mom, if you're listening, you can come visit us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Our mom will come visit Salt Lake. So, but, uh, this is going to be old news by the time we put it out, but we were just reading in the last couple of hours that they've said that if people are vaccinated this summer, people can start going to Europe. Brittany just read, was so, reading that on yeah. the way over here, and I'm like, oh, I can come see you now because I'm vaccinated. And, so she may be back to work soon. And uh, hopefully. We'll, hopefully we'll be heading, our, our air flights will start going back there. So That would be nice. Yeah. I didn't know the um, LA to London opened back up, so I was like, that's yeah. another option. Yeah, because yeah, Harry took that back to the funeral. Mm, I, yeah, that's how I read. That's yeah. how I found out on Facebook. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, wait, we're we're doing LA to London again. I, I think they've been doing it, but just you, you just so many rules. Not anyone just can get on. You know, right, so the, right. They even had Seattle to London that they added. They're gonna take take it away just because it was so empty. But um, yeah, Dallas. Now, if they can get Phoenix, London back here soon, that would be really nice. Yeah, oh, that would be awesome. Because yeah. I think people want to fly. People, the demand is up, and you can, we can see it just when it's. Oh yeah, our passengers. flights are all full. Yeah, so and people full. want to go, and they got some of that uh, government money. So yep, yep, <laughs> we got our stimmies. All right, so we're always kind of looking for new places to go visit or things to do. So if you can tell us about a place you visited, kind of tell us about it, what you did there. Um, my favorite place is Maui. Brittany chose that. We went to Kauai when Brittany was for the first time for the girls. They were Brittany was maybe nine or ten. She didn't care for it at all. So when she turned 16, I'm like, where do you want to go? And she was, you know, didn't want to go to Hawaii. And somehow we ended up going to Maui. And then we went every year for like the next 10 years. We all loved it. So she liked Maui, but not Kauai. Yes. And I don't know what made her change her mind for her. When we said, where do you want to go? You can go wherever you want for your 16th birthday. I think she saw something on TV that made her. But anyway, we ended up going and then we've been every year for like 10 years after that. And we just love it. Our whole family absolutely loves Maui. And 
we we had a timeshare over there that we stayed over uh, in Kanapali area. We love Whalers Village. We love Lahaina and French Street. French Street's, you know, I haven't been there since 2015, but that was always fun to go in all the shops and the different restaurants down there. We did the road to Hana. That is beautiful. So fun. Uh, Just gorgeous. I mean, it's a long day, but it's... There's so much to see and yeah. so much to, to experience over there. Going up to the crater for sunrise, that is absolutely gorgeous. If you get a good good day to do sunrise, we've had some days that, that didn't work out, and then we've had some beautiful sunrises. So I think we talk about doing that every time, but we, uh, we're never... You've never done it? Yeah, it just it's so you early. Yes, it's I very it. early. I think every time, well, maybe you always invite me, and I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then the morning, you're like, okay, you have to get up. And I'm like, I'm not getting up. Yeah, it's an early morning <laughs> rise, but it's worth it. It is definitely it? Okay, is yeah. worth it. I'll have to do it. If, if you get a good day and a good sunrise, it's, 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 beautiful. it's, it's just breathtaking. Yeah. But what time are you really waking up? This is. It depends upon the time a year you have to you i always ask the front desk and say what time is sunrise and what time should we leave mm-hmm. and they tell you it's three to three Ooh. to four yeah, if you're going from your like out of, from you're going all poly, the yeah. island and then yeah. you got to go up which i'm the, like it's been years but i think it's, it's like ten thousand feet long climb up, up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why i haven't gotten it and you yeah. got to get up and it's usually a decent amount of people that are up there you're not the only one because oh, they yeah. also do they do the bike biking rides, yeah and, the bicycles go yeah okay so, but uh, but yeah. it's an early morning. Yeah, that is so early. <laughs> You're not a morning person? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did overnights at rest, because okay. I, don't, I don't like mornings. <laughs> yeah, we love Maui, too. I, we go back and forth between there and uh, the Big Island and Kona, mm. just because they're but, uh, for beaches and for me, snorkeling. Monique's not a snorkeler, but I love to snorkel. And mm. there's a number of places in Maui. That oh, do you do great. that? What is it? Molokini Mola- go I've over there? The, on a, that's not my favorite. You, get, you take the boat out there to yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. the one time I did it, we didn't have that great of experience. Maybe it just wasn't a lot of fish, but they, the, the boats go and they put the board off where you can go. So you can right, stay in their area. So you right. can't just go explore, which I like to do. I just go. And it was cool, but it wasn't. There's other places I found better stuff. Uh, Honolulu Bay. That's one, oh, of my, yeah, okay. that's one of my favorite places. I've seen eels and all kinds oh, wow. of fish in there. Um, that's what I love taking my underwater camera. It's not the nicest, but it's, it's not. And it takes good pictures. So do have it there. And then there's another place. That I've snorkeled too, where I've seen the eagle rays and oh wow! So yeah, that's snorkeling. There's one of my favorite, and then Money Club is just lay on the beach. Yeah, and then yeah, the road to Hana. So the, the the island of Maui is amazing. There's yeah, so many, there's so much to do there. Yeah, we've seen um, whether you go to the north, that, you know, up to the north where the blowhole is up yeah. there, or down to Kihei and that area, um, McKenna area down there, and the nude beach and. All that stuff. There's just so much. There's so much to do. Yeah. yeah. You want to go now? <laughs> I want to be in Hawaii so this, bad. This or my the... girls love the zip lining. Have you ever done the zip lining there? Where's that at? That's over by the airport, Kaolui, but it's yeah. not Kaolui. It's it. It's right over by the airport. They loved it. They loved uh, beautiful doing the zip lining through there. Okay. So I know there's a lot more adventure stuff that you can do that we, I still we at least zip lining. There's, you can rent like four wheelers and kind of go through the mountains and that I've some good hiking trails. Yeah. There's, there's so much to do on that. Yeah. Thing. We've never done the bikes. If you rode the bikes down the mountain. No, no. That's so why like, why well, don't I pay to ride a bike? <laughs> Have you done the, uh, helicopter tour? We, that's one I want to do. That was good. We did that. 
that was very, very, you get to see all the waterfalls and, yeah. Ooh, um, that would be pretty yeah, cool. that was, uh, that was probably my second time on a helicopter. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, that one when I sat in the back seat, I was a little better, but yeah, that, that's gorgeous. Cause you really get to see, you know, everything from up and, and then go along out onto the, you know, ocean and see that, that I would definitely do. We always go on the cheap, but I feel like we need to save some money and do those because yeah, those on that island expensive. on Kauai with the, the what's it called the nepali coast the nepali coast that oh, would yeah. be cool and then on the big island to go see the volcano mm. to go see like if you can see lava. if you could actually see the lava on the big island i think i if, would if maybe pay to do it that yeah. would be cool but uh we've camped there monica and i have flown there none of their camped we did also our only cost is a, a rental car and a few bucks for a camping spot we don't always do that we haven't done that for years but we're definitely on the the cheaper end when it comes to. <laughs> if we go cheap, we could go twice or three times. But yeah, but yeah so Maui's great. So yes. we, we could talk about Maui every. every oh, we could. <laughs> so, and I remember when Brittany was on, she said I could live in Maui. Mm, she so, wanted to live in Maui. Yeah, yeah like I, it was either our first trip or second trip, and you know, you take the red eyes out of there, and you're you know you're checked out of your hotel, and we're sitting out on the beach, and she goes. I don't want to go home. I want to live here. And I'm like, but we can't. <laughs> yeah. We have to go home. <laughs> when we were recording with Katie's grandma and we said, where could you live? And, and I said, I, I could live in Hawaii. And and then our friend Justin, who was on the show, he, he wrote me on Twitter and he said, uh, there's a guy living on our couch that tried to live in Hawaii and it didn't work out. <laughs> and I think it's the guy, he had a tough time over there. And I was like, yeah, it's one of those places that it sounds amazing, but I think it would be expensive and there would be a lot of things that we had to have some way to sustain. Like, Well, that's what I heard just during COVID time or something like that. There were some people in our company that got TDYs over in Hawaii. So they paid for their hotel to stay over what, there. What is that? So, Oh, people. like it's, I don't even know what the actual thing is, but it's you, you like keep your job, but you go over there and do a position for a little bit. Oh. So like okay. the company, like if they needed more gate agents is what I think they okay. needed. So they kind of said like, hey, would you be willing to go over to Honolulu? work the gates for a little bit but so because you're doing it for the company the company pays, pays for your hotel for your, yeah you probably get i don't know if you get like the money for food like a per diem kind of thing like a money but and even just the hotel would be that's enough that's kind of sweet yeah just go yeah and it's not like and, you're working like extra hours it was probably just like a 40 hour work so you know you still would have weekends yeah. sometimes to go but i was like wow they never came to me and asked me that like <laughs> that's kind of an like, ah. yeah. <laughs> they, they've done that before when um a couple years ago the super bowl the the eagles were in it and well, since that's a hub for us, they knew people were going to call off to watch the Super Bowl, so they sent extra rampers to go work for all the people that were going to call in sick. So they, they've used <laughs> that for, but, but Hawaii would be a place that I think you'd have to have high seniority. Yeah, to get that. Like, yeah, go put me in a hotel and let me work uh, yours. And yeah, but I want to hear that. My my six years of the company's not quite enough <laughs> to, <laughs> to get those things yet. So, uh, what destinations are on your bucket list, or where do you want to go once? To, Right now, I would like to, my bucket list is, I'd like to go to Croatia and see that. I saw something, well, okay, I'll tell you the truth, what I saw on TV. I was watching Blow Deck. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but they pretty much are, it's all the crew that work on this chartered boat or cruise ship and they're based out of there. So you get to see all that. I'm like, Brittany, we need it. In fact, we started looking at hotels and stuff to go there we were going to try this year but obviously we're going to wait till things settle down but it looks beautiful over there and Brittany's always talked about that i would love to do a trip over there hmm. yeah i've never i've never looked into croatia i haven't either 
Oh, and it looks beautiful. Really? Looks beautiful. Yeah. Is it islands like uh, beaches or what's it? The... It almost looks what I saw from the show is it almost reminds me kind of Gre- of Greece with the way the you know the buildings up okay. on the and yeah. but just the the waters over there because you know it's a it's a show about cruises and and where they go and where they dock and and all that it just it looks gorgeous it looks a very nice place to go oh, visit nice. and Brittany's always been wanting i mean she's been interested like for 10 years now i know i've asked her i said have you flown there and she goes i've flown there but never got off the aircraft so she hasn't really been able to yeah. experience either, it yeah. yeah and she smelled the air yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's something that uh i need to check it out look more yes. that. very cool should we do some tips? Let's do them. Yes. Am I your yours? No, not yet. But <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we just like to share tips at the end of our show with things that either you've learned in your past travels or or something like that, or something we've talked about today. So tell you said you have a tip. Yeah. Right? So going back to you said on top of uh, in Maui, what's the, what's the the is there a the crater? Yeah. Is it just Haleaka? Haleaka. Okay. I can't ever say it. I say it Haleaka. Got a little extra yeah. in there. So, the way they say it. So if you're going to do the sunrise, my tip would be first off, yeah, is well, a couple. Do it your first day because then you're not. It's coming from the states because then you're used to waking up early, so it's easy to wake up. But if you wait till the end of your trip, then you're used to sleeping in, and it makes it harder. So that would be my first one. Is your your very first morning? Do it. It's still tough the first day. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that helps. Okay. And bring a jacket because the t- the times up there it was very cold. And Absolutely. If you're, if you're in a swimming suit and thinking, oh, it's eighty degrees, it's not up there. It's cold. You want to? I remember we take blankets from the hotel room. <laughs> oh, did you? Because I mean, if you don't bring like sweat pants and clothes, I mean, yeah, it's because it's very windy. Yeah. And it's cold up there. So you want to be prepared. Wear the warmest clothes that you have and either bring beach towels, blankets from the hotel, <laughs> and you'll need them. Yeah. yeah so that might be do it early in your trip so that it's not as big of an adjustment. And also, if, especially if you know you're going to do it, you're planning your week out. And you say, maybe throw a sweatshirt because you don't think something warm in Maui, but because it is that cold up there. Yeah. If but you're going to do that, you want to pack accordingly to bring something warm for that trip. But it is beautiful. It's worth it. So I guess my tip with them would be that when you leave Hawaii, make sure you keep a jacket out for the flight home because that plane always gets so cold. Eye. Yeah. yeah you, especially if you're like leaving the big island where you're outside. You, you feel warm before you get on the plane. So you think like, oh, like it's going to be warm. But you get on that plane and within an hour... You're like, at least I'm always shivering. Yeah. So I pack socks and I'll go put socks like on with my sandals as I get on the plane. As soon as I get a seat, put my socks on, put my jacket on as I go get on that plane. Uh, it gets cold. It does get cold. Uh, I would say my tip is always have backup plans. As you've seen, you know, I've got stuck places. Overall, in all my years of traveling, I have been overall pretty lucky, but I always have backups. I know, you know, alternate cities to go into or, you know, which other Zeds or what I can do to get on another carrier so that you could still try to make the best of it and enjoy your time. And as long as you're flexible and you have backups, you probably will have a good trip. Well, that's what I would say too is 
like you said, you flew into Milwaukee instead of Chicago. Like people don't always recognize those. Right. Things. I think even like paying passengers when we're at the airport or I was on the phone at res, people would be like, I have to be to this place. I have a funeral. And I'd be like, well, I can get you, let's say like into Milwaukee. And they'd be like, that's not, I, I need to get into Chicago. And it's like, okay. You and need- you can take the bus from Milwaukee airport <laughs> to O'Hare and you, you know, yeah, it's like, but if you, if you have to be to this funeral, like there, right. here's what we like the closest. So like. Yeah, just if it's something's that important to you, like there are usually always options. Right, right. You just have to think outside the box. Yes. Uh, one more question and then we'll... Oh, one we'll, more. All right. What makes you miss traveling? Um, I, things for me, like sometimes it just is seeing something or hearing something or smelling something. Sometimes if I just see a, a certain kind of suitcase or... So is, is there something in your life when you just all of a sudden that makes you just kind of miss... Well, I'll tell you after I retired and went to work in another call center and my office looked out at the airport and I could see the planes landing and taking off all day long. And I'm like, I really miss the airline (laughs) industry. And I'd sit there in my office and just look and I'd be like, I really miss that. I should probably go back someday. (laughs) But so that was, that was challenging. And I was like, I mean, I still, you know, I retired so I could fly, but that was now that I'm working from home, I don't see that anymore. But when we go back, yeah, that that's all I have to do is, you know, my computer's turned this way, but I just turn right there and there's the airport. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm basically on 44th Street in Van Buren. Okay. So I see it and I'm up on the fifth floor and I'm like, I used to work in that industry right <laughs> over there. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> I get the same thing and I fly and I work at the airport. There's times I'll be walking just through the, the concourse and I'll be like, oh, that plane's going to LA. I want to go to LA. And it's yeah. like, I, I have no, it's going to get in late at night. I don't know anyone there at night. It just sounds going, fun to be just somewhere. Yeah, going, yeah, just going to go. somewhere. So. Just to go. Yeah. So yeah, I, I understand. All right. Well, thank you for coming on and being our guest. Thank You've you very great. much for having me. Your story's been fun and it's fun talking about traveling. So thank you. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. If you fly out of Phoenix and I'm there, come see me. All right. Come say hi. I'll get you. Good well, things. I'm flying the next three weekends. So we'll. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, if I'm working, let me know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Thank you. Bye. This has been Non-Rev Lounge. Thanks for joining Tyler and Monique. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter by searching Non-Rev Lounge. Also, you can contact them at nonrevloungepodcast at gmail.com. They would love to hear from you. They are always looking for ideas to make their show better. If you are enjoying the show, please think about leaving a review or rating so other people can find this show. Thanks for joining us. See you next week and safe travels.